You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, what's going on? What's up, Chris? How you feel, man? Doing good. Right now, all I can think about is saying the correct name of our show at the end of the show. <laughs> it's all I can focus on. I mean, being on task to that level is actually is either incredibly impressive or pretty cringy. But I'm going to lean on impressive. Sadly, I think it's the latter more than the former. But we have a lot going on in the National Football League. Uh, this is the, the one we've all been kind of waiting for, the shoe we've been waiting to drop. We've got some positive tests in the NFL. Uh, Titans organization is uh, in, in a bit of disarray right now. Nine positive tests as we speak. Uh, at least three players, it looks like. Uh, six members of the front office staff coaches, blah, blah, blah. One of the players is outside linebacker Kamalier. Kamalier? I don't know. Correa. One of the outside linebackers. His last name is Correa. That I can tell you for certain. He's the fourth. Oh, no, he's the fourth person uh, within the Titans organization this week. So that's cool. Pl- apparently played 29% of snaps in week one. How concerned are you about this first outbreak? Yeah. Um, concern for it spreading. I'm about like kind of on the norm of, of expectation with, with the general public. Mm. What more concern is what is the NFL going to do? How's this going to look? And really what uh, what expectation and bar is about to be set for the inevitable, you know, other other positive tests, you know, and, and can can guys be protected? You know, is 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 this the making of something that's going to be way more scary? I hate to use that word because it's not fear in the sense of trembling, but just, you know, it's concern in, in the long run about how this impacts the league and then how. A star-studded league, you know, right now, America's favorite, how that impacts the country. That kind of makes me a little nervous. Are people going to panic? Are people... I don't know. That's that's where my concern lies, though. How well, quite frankly, handle. I would like a little more panic from the general public, because I think we've gotten a little too comfortable in the world that we live in. But this is... It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out in the NFL, because, you know, the NFL has the advantage of having seven days between games, something that the NBA or Major League Baseball don't have. With that said, you know, from what we know, it can take up to 14 days for guys to start showing symptoms and test positive. So playing, you know, it looks like right now the plan is to postpone a little bit, though yesterday they said they would play as scheduled. Now it's looking like Monday or Tuesday. It just feels like they shouldn't risk this by having the Titans play football this week. Right, I think you know as as much as a forfeit would bring forfeit, excuse me, would bring about you know other talking points uh, and and reasons to be upset with uh, the administration and, and governing bodies of the NFL. It's way better than increased numbers of this this virus right. contracting the virus and in turn, you know, the unspeakable, which I won't actually bring up, but you know, we know how bad this can get, so we don't want to get there for the sake of maintaining the schedule as much as possible. That's exactly right. You know, thinking about it, it would have made sense to build in a week after the regular season that was going to be specifically for makeup games because of coronavirus. 
Exactly. I mean, there, there the the contingency contingency doesn't right now appear as strong as they should have had. I mean, being the 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 quote unquote last sport to give it a, a shot yeah. to running, you know, a season, you have had to have have dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's, and now looking at this, it looks like as much as the language being put forward is is cautionary the actual execution is looking like a scramble yeah it does not excite me and you know what else doesn't excite me is this season in general for my eagles how are you feeling about your detroit lions i mean there's there's some bittersweet nature to it uh they won because i chose for them to lose i believe (laughs) hurts my overall record but a really impressive win especially defensively and take uh, the the microscope even even deeper uh the secondary looked looked great Pl- playing against i think one of the 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 better receiving cores that you can, sure. you can have in the league against one of the better schemes you can have in the league against a dual threat quarterback that uses uh, both threats pretty well so you know impressive win i don't know if it means anything in the grand scheme of of turning a corner learning something about them it may just mean that uh, underachieving will have a whole new meaning. Are you surprised that this team seems to have just single-handedly turned their running back uh, carries over entirely to Adrian Peterson? It's a it's concerning only because draft picks are valuable. Players in in, in a position to help you succeed are valuable, especially as succeed sooner than later, and we spent a draft pick on a running back, not mm-hmm. using him. He continues to make some of these rookie mistakes, which you're going to get, but without the volume of being able to see some production and some positive signs, one, he may get into a, a funk mentally, but two, then you start to look at the guy and, and, and not really rate him and value him the way he possibly could be in the near future. So you've got that, and then you've got on Johnson, who didn't look that bad with the few carries he's gotten, but just what does it mean? What does it all mean? We can't rely on Adrian Peterson, I don't think, for the whole season, let alone mm. for after this season. So what are we actually doing? Again, what does it mean in the grand scheme of turning the corner, turning the page in the organization? Yeah, three carries for 16 yards for Johnson. He also has one catch for 14. DeAndre Swift, the second-round rookie who you alluded to earlier, one catch, 19 yards, zero carries. It just seems weird to force feed the ball to Adrian Peterson, especially on a day where he's not all that productive. Yeah, and, and Patricia is the prototype coach for, you know, sticking to your your scheme for better or for worse, mm-hmm. underlining for worse, I think, or bolding <laughs> for worse, highlighting for worse, and it's it's one of those things where yeah, okay, there was some balance due, but I think uh, passing wise, the offense looked looked sharp. I think uh, Hawkinson is slowly becoming the guy that we uh, we mm-hmm. anticipated him to be. I think he really is becoming a consistent piece in the offense, uh, week in and week out, uh, and, and and is going to lean towards the uh, good player, bad team title sooner than later, which is was not the ex- over expectation, but as far <laughs> as him personally, we thought he'd be a good player soon. So it's concerning because these these types of things are 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 you're losing opportunity by making sure Adrian Peterson gets his touches which I am again sure he is very loud about. Mhm. 
Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. You mentioned the secondary. The team looks like that secondary uh, is starting to come together. And Jeffrey Akuda with, uh, I believe, his first career interception this week. Yeah, and not a gimme interception by any stretch of the imagination. It was as veteran as it could have looked. You know, trail a trail on an in, in route, and then he broke underneath it, and then had the 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 understanding to know he wasn't touched and get some extra yards and put the team in a good position. So you know, applause to him, especially with uh, the DB situation just looking so bad uh, with Trufant and um, Coleman out. So, you know, signs signs of, of excitement, but I've I've read this book before, and <laughs> just because you change the names around doesn't mean the, the storyline will change. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait it out. What would you think of the Cardinals? This is obviously a team I liked quite a bit coming into the season, start out 2-0, and uh, you know, this seems like uh, just a learning game for Kyler. Yeah, it was a hiccup game to me more so than, you know, anything outside of this team is good. This team is hard to beat. Mm-hmm. This team is exciting. And Kyler Murray is still only in his second year as an NFL quarterback. And all those things are okay and, and, and can be true. And I think the Cardinals in the West are still as competitive uh, as, as any other team there you know, when they're on. And outside of the West, they could they could be a favorite in, in a good 60% of the, their remaining games. Do you think they do a little bit too much force feeding of DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know if I'd call it force feeding as much as it's reliance. Uh, he's yeah. open a lot, so the force feeding would make me think that he's not getting open. He's getting open, but it's it's like you, they're calling his number in ways that w- would create dependency and then create turnovers. And I think that's what we started to see. And and you're able to bait. You're able to bait a quarterback when you you understand mm-hmm. that he has a a safety blanket, um, and that safety blanket isn't in the slot because uh, it's harder to cover the slot. But when he's your your number one receiver, you can start to understand where to put guys and what schemes uh, in place. And if you're playing man, you can get a feel of when you can uh, make a play on the ball. So I think that's what we start to see. And they have enough playmakers where they can spread the ball around. So you know Kingsbury is going to have to to review everything and make sure he he pulls his quarterback down to earth. Well, through sheer quirk of fate, I've seen all three Bengals games, and I've got to see A.J. Green play uh, below the expectations that we had for him. Let's say that A.J. looks like he he is getting a little bit older. Maybe he's still just trying to find complete confidence in his body after the injuries. But Larry Fitzgerald, three targets, one catch, zero yards against the Lions. Are we worried that Fitz is about done? I think he is. I think the the staying in, in Arizona signing was honorary. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it because the work ethic and the the talent level we've seen for so long, you would think that there'd be some production, uh, especially in the key moments. Uh, maybe those key moments haven't arrived yet, but definitely on the side of 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 the twilight and and saying goodbye and hopefully you know he gets out clean and healthy and we celebrate him at the end of this year because it looks like it's about done. Well, we had a gigantic game on Monday night, Chiefs-Ravens, and it did not play out the way that I think us and Monday Night Football would have hoped for. What do you take away from the Chiefs absolutely stomping on the Ravens? It was incredible. First, it it's weird because blowouts sometimes can be the worst thing ever, but the Chiefs have found a way to make every blowout fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it just—I was just surprised at how um, not ready the Ravens are for for guys that should know that it's it's time. You know they don't have receivers that um, 
our, our household names and, and mm-hmm. for sure go-to guys, and that includes the tight ends. But you've got guys that that know, you know, the offense and, and, and work well with their quarterback. And they're missing missing the boat uh, when it's time to make big plays. We've seen some key drops. Um, and defensively, it was just a shocker, I think, for, for all intents and purposes, everyone looked unprepared or, or waiting for the Chiefs to not be as good as they actually are. It was a strange <laughs> a strange thing, and, and it was just out of character for the Ravens' defense. So I, I would just say a, a big, fat choke job uh, to, to surmise. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a rough one for the Ravens. I believe Lamar is now 0-3 against the Kansas City Chiefs, which doesn't really bode well for their, their future potentially trying to come out of the AFC. But... You know, what occurred to me during this game is it seems like we've seen two quarterbacks really get better than they were before uh, this season. And I I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me, but to me, it seems like Patrick Mahomes, I won't call him Pat Mahomes. We know his mom doesn't like it. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes is on a tier all by himself in tier one. And then Russell Wilson is all by himself on a tier in tier two. And then there might be a full-tier gap between the next guy. <laughs> no, interesting because that conversation came up uh, in, in a very strange way in the, in the Dallas community. And I think that's, that's spot on. I think you got a, a group of guys that are chasing those two. Uh, and Russell Wilson, unfortunately, just can't do some of the things that Patrick can. But it's still glaringly in the league of his own when it comes to the rest of the crowd and you've got your moments uh with guys like Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that so I don't want to offend anyone who's you know diehard Packers fan or anything like that but when we're talking about consistent play yeah there's that big drop off of you don't know what you're going to get this week from this tier 3.5 and (laughs) and um it's not what Russell Wilson and, and Patrick Mahomes are giving you and I wonder who's the next to try to creep up um, because the supporting cast means a lot. But what we're seeing from the two guys is that they are taking control of their offense. Well, right. And, you know, if you would have asked me last week, I would have said Lamar Jackson might be that third guy. And uh, I'm not saying that this week after watching that game. Can I tell you what? Mahomes, five, six, seven times a game, he just makes a throw that makes you want to rewind and rewatch five or six times because you ha- like you wonder how in the world does this guy have the arm talent to to consistently throw off balance g- going backwards and just hit whoever you know hit Sammy Watkins or Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey you know over with over a defensive back in stride 40 yards down the field and granted this again the supporting cast is, is a strong one but this is a guy who as much talent as he possesses is making every throw scenario over and over and over again for it to be this precise and this on point. He, this is a guy that's wor- outworking you as much as he already is out talenting you. Yeah. And it's unfair at that point. It's, it's blindfolded darts, you know, and you're wondering if, if the game is rigged and right now it is rigged in favor of Mahomes. Yeah. Honestly, he might be underpaid. Like I, it's crazy to say that, but he might be underpaid for his value to that team. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I can, I'm, I think that's fair to say. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Chris, and the wait is finally over. Football is in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all of the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures right now. Don't wait, do it right now. Head to BetOnline today to take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. This is a really fun week in the NFL. Week four tends to be when we find out who's real, who's fake, who's just good because they had an easy schedule. Teams sort themselves out and the slate for this weekend is incredible. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. We wonder when this game's gonna be played. Is it gonna be Monday? Is it gonna be Tuesday? We don't know yet. We've got the Patriots and the Chiefs. Can the Patriots fare better than the Ravens did last weekend against this dominant Chiefs team? We shall see. And we've got the upstart Buffalo Bills going to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm excited about all of it. I imagine you are as well. And if you want to get in on those games and all of the action, visit our good friends and the exclusive partner at Podcast One, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Mario, we're back. Uh, why not? Let's do this. My Eagles suck. <laughs> they just suck. I'm I'm getting so sick up, sick up. Yeah, I'm getting so sick and tired of this team that I can't even come up with words to describe how sick and tired I am of this team anymore. It, you know, what's shocking to me is as we get further and further away from the Super Bowl, it just it seems to resonate more and more with how much Frank Reich and John DiFilippo actually meant to that offense. They were they were the cogs, man. And and what's the, the craziest part is that when the wind is out of the Eagles sails, it is out. I mean, mm-hmm. dock the boat. And it's so strange because. A lot of the momentum we saw, especially from that championship year, which seems so long ago now, uh, when 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 you sit down with the the energy that that came across. So you've got you know scheme wise, uh, Wentz being protected uh, so much so that Nick Foles could come in and do his thing. But then you've got the energy of of comeback wins. You've got the energy of never feeling like you're out of the game uh, and defensively, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback. Now, obviously, you've got some injuries going on and have had some. Uh, in the long run, and I think that is taking as much of a toll as anything. But man, the the lack of ability to to scare defenses um, is 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 amazing at this point. So I really don't know what to turn to next outside of you know considering a regime change. Yeah, at this point, when it's a tie game, I feel like that's an insurmountable lead for the other team. It's just it's it's getting tough to watch them, man. And you know there are pieces, obviously. Miles Sanders looks great. The defense had eight sacks on Joe Burrow last week. But, well, I'm interested in getting your take on this. So the Eagles obviously make the decision on 4th and 12 to punt, basically ensuring a tie rather than going for a 64-yard field goal for the win. Now, Obviously, a 64-yard field goal is anything but a gimme, but you have a kicker with a history of making big kicks, makes the 61-yarder against the Giants to really turn the season around a couple of years ago. What would you have done? And were you surprised that Peterson made the decision that he made? 
surprised in the sense it was more shock than surprise. Yeah. It's like, yeah, wow, sh- like I, you, shock's right. Yeah, like you, oh, Doug, you really are what you are appearing to be right now, which is not trying, scared to lose. And I just don't, I don't understand the call. You, you, the Bengals aren't terrifying, um, no. in general or in this game. Uh, and, and, you make the attempt to win. You have the guy. The circumstances are there. And also send the damn message to your team that we we still have a certain uh, level and standard that we want to maintain. And and you, no pun intended, punted that right away uh, with, with making that decision. Yeah, that's, that's really a fun way to end a game is a team punting to preserve a tie. <laughs> I take just... it to the locker room, guys. I just can't get, I can't even grasp how that must have felt. And this is supposed to be the guy who's like, he's the risk taker. Doug Peterson is the risk taker. I go for it on fourth down all the time. We're, we're going to be the aggressive team. But you're 0-2. You have nothing going for you. Why not just try to come up with some kind of magic, even if you're just going for it? Because, you know, fourth and 12 is not, it's not an easy down to convert, but it's, not, it's also not impossible. It's doable. It's doable. But, I mean, the, the, the explanation in the locker room, the, the belief that you can create, it, 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 there's something there that he refused, refused to initiate. And I think, Chris, this is going to actually be a thing moving forward. I mean, you look at the schedule and, and <laughs> it's not going to be any easier. Oh, the Eagles have the hardest schedule in the NFL over the rest of the season. So, go. yeah, that should be looking forward to it. Really uh, going to be a lot of fun for us. Deshaun Jackson is... Like Deshaun might be done. I'm like yeah, that's he, really strange. he he's another guy who all of a sudden, like you know Deshaun's always had that fa- that frail frame, but he was good for 14 games a year. He was gonna miss a couple, that's fine, but he was good for 14. Now he gets back to Philadelphia and he just can't stay on the damn field. I like, don't it's understand. So frustrating. It. I don't and 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 never dare I say you know a guy is 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 not not trying to play, but there's there's a certain level of disinterest. You know, like the, uh, that that the decision making of playing to not playing is. I'll never again say a guy is not as injured as he says he is. But I yeah. mean, you know, there's something about you know getting older and maybe making business decisions. I don't know. And Deshaun seems to be okay with uh, not suiting up more than he he is. Well, I think the Eagles are going to have to make a business decision to move on from Deshaun Jackson this off season. Is a uh, as much as I would not you know like that in in terms of the player Deshaun once was but I don't really struggle as much with the player Deshaun is and more importantly the person Deshaun has shown himself to be over the last six months or so not exactly great yeah yeah you can probably see the writing on the wall Uh, well they've got San Francisco this week and uh San Francisco Basically, their their second team beat up on the Giants last weekend. This is a this is a tough question I'm going to pose to you here, my friend. Which of the New York franchises is worse? I mean, it was by far the Jets until this past week, when, like you said, me and a couple of guys in some Niners jerseys went out and beat the the Giants. So I don't even. Uh, it, it seems as though the Jets are one step away from deciding and maybe turning the corner, whereas the Giants are in la-la land, and we don't know when, you know, it'll turn on. And so it might that might put them in in the, the least favorable position. I think I'm going to go with Giants right now, just for the sake of losing to a team that had none of their starters, basically. 
Yeah, Nick Mullins goes off 35, uh, 25 of 36, 343 yards, a touchdown. Daniel Jones, 17 of 32, 179, and a pick. Daniel Jones also, by the way, the leading rusher for the Giants this week with 49 yards. Second closest, Devontae Freeman, five carries, 10 yards. Huh. Yeah, tough. Not uh, not good. It was gonna be really. I thought interesting. Freeman would have been a good. Sorry, I thought Freeman no. would have been a good fantasy pickup too. I, I was actually willing to put that out in the world, and and boy, did I uh, did I miss on that one? Well, it just makes you wonder how terrible this Giants offensive line is. You know, they they obviously draft Andrew Thomas at three. They move him from the right side to the left side. The results have not been overwhelmingly positive uh, to this point. It's. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens because, you know, I, I do think the Jets are probably still the less talented football team and the Jets probably the, the odds on favorite to get that number one pick. But if you're you're the Giants and you get the number one pick, what do you do? Like, do you, Have you seen enough right. from Danny Dimes or what are you? Is this a trade down yeah, right now? It's a trade down until until, you know, you start interviewing guys and then you do see something that you like a little bit more than than Daniel Jones. So, you know, it's just weird. Like I said, I don't know if they, they're they going to be, right now it's looking and shaping up for top five. And oh, yeah. it's just, you got, you've got to get some value somewhere um, in, in the league, not in the draft, in the league. So hopefully the way other things shake out, they'll be able to get get uh, some uh, a veteran or something out of it because, you're in a you're in a weird place if you're in a top five you have a top five pick and you're the Giants who have already invested so much. The problem for me if I'm the Giants, if you get that number one pick, I'm not comfortable going any further down than two because well, we know that if a quarterback is good enough to go in the top ten, he's probably gonna go number one. And then if there's another quarterback in that top ten, he's probably gonna go number two. But I would just I would be afraid of missing out on uh on Sewell from the stud offensive tackle from Oregon. I feel like if you add a guy who is potentially an elite left tackle, you can move Andrew Thomas back to the right side, and then maybe you've solidified that offensive line in addition to getting Saquon Barkley back next year. Right, right. So there's a shot there. I just, I don't know if they end up passing on on the generational quarterback there. So like you said, it, it, it'd have to be a smart trade down where they're not so far out, and then they can, they can do something with the, with the O-line. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams with fascinating decisions to make this season because you know if you if you look at the draft order right now, and obviously we've only played three games, so this is a super sh- a small sample size. The number one team, actually, look, let's let's make a game out of this. I'll give you I'll give you the team. You tell me, do they move on from their current quarterback in order to pick one of the top three quarterbacks? Gotcha. Lawrence Fields or Trey Lance. The number one team in the draft right now, the Atlanta Falcons. I think this is the perfect time. Uh, it, it explains away Matt Ryan in in the most gentle nudge that you can have of of a of a long time well accomplished underachieving quarterback. Yeah, and I think you actually get a decent return from Matt Ryan as well. Yeah, <clears throat> the Giants are too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they look Daniel in the face and say we are willing to pass up someone who would have been better in your class. Yeah, and, and move. I think they take a quarterback and figure out what the hell they're gonna do. Daniel Jones. Minnesota is three. Another team that, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money. A mm-hmm. lot of money. So that actually might make them, you know, scramble to try not to do this. But if they stick at three, we're talking about they're still at three, 
again, another team that they could would have to, I would say, talk themselves into drafting the quarterback. Well, that's also an interesting position in Minnesota because, and I'm pulling up that Kirk Cousins contract right now, but I believe he's only got one year left on the deal. So if that's the case, Kirk Cousins, oh, no, he's signed. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, not ideal. Cousins, yeah. Cousins is going to make, his cap number is basically 31 next year and then 45 yeah, the year after. <laughs> and it's a absolute pile of dead money if you move on from him at least until 2022. So, I mean, maybe you take the quarterback with the idea that he's going to sit behind Cousins for a year, but that just, I don't it's know, that feels like a waste. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That all of a sudden, because that's not a small number for that quarterback either. Right. So you're talking about your your quarterback, your top two quarterbacks, basically fifty million dollars of your cap room. <laughs> like so, I, it, that better be Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. That better be, and then whoever else, you know, me. And then you, me. yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Are Are you willing to say right now that you're you're willing to sign a minimum deal to be a team's backup quarterback? Right now, absolutely. It would be really, really hard for me to get the ball downfield, but I will hold the football in the clipboard like nobody's been. Well, could you see yourself in, like, a Ravens offense? Um, I mean, yeah. uh, We're basically talking about you, a place where you can just run the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's who it would have to be, and I would also need um, a lot of support. Are you saying that your arm is not solid? It is not uh, Lamar Jackson-esque. Okay. Uh, it is more Eddie Jackson-esque. Or Kirk Cousins esque. Or Kirk, yeah. I mean, I get. I could. I could definitely throw some two yard uh, screens, or you know. Oh, the two Steelers yards offense. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many quarterbacks getting away with that right now. By the way. Yeah, it's crazy. Is it? Do you get the feeling that Ben just does not trust his elbow? Yeah, and why would you? Because this is, I think, secretly kept. I think this is like the fourth, you know variation of trying to get this thing right uh, mm-hmm. in, in the last maybe six years of trying to play through it maybe yeah. seven well let's let's finish this uh this top 10 here four is the denver broncos oh they're in a mess they're in a mess yeah. because they haven't uh really formally understood that they really need a quarterback so i actually think they still pass yeah i don't i don't think they know what drew lock is yet yeah five is the jets uh, yeah, I think I think for all involved, I think they do move on from Sam Darnold. Too soon in Darnold's case, but perfect for both in, in the overall scheme. Agreed. Six, the Dolphins. Uh, they're good. They're sitting tight. They'll trade out or not get a quarterback. What do you do if you're the Dolphins and you sit at number one? Do you do you take Lawrence <laughs> and try and trade Tua? Do you try and get a just a bounty for that number one pick? Yeah, you start to just take you 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 get seventeen phone plans and you go nuts yeah. and you get the best deal. I guess at that point, even if we haven't seen Tua, they're gonna have a feel for what they have in Tua, so you know they can make an informed decision there. Yeah, <laughs> God. Number seven is the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I mean, I think you consider it as as I a do. front offense. Like you have to Carson. Let not just performance based, but you're gonna do another assessment of his health by the end of the year, and, and you probably find a way to reason it. Yeah, he's another one like Cousins, though. It's gonna to be tough to get out of that contract, yeah. but that's uh, a problem for another day. Uh, eight is not gonna happen. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Nine is interesting. Nine, the Dallas Cowboys. Who I think Dallas would never tank, but I think Dallas 
definitely has eyes on 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 some young quarterbacks in this draft. Mm-hmm. And there's been a method to the the absolute madness that Jerry Jones not paying Dak. And I think it has to do something with with the this talent pool. So I don't know. They're they're scheming, but I definitely think they're willing, more than willing to move move on from Dak. Yeah, it seems like that's almost a best case scenario. Obviously you don't want to be in the position excuse me, where you can actually draft one of these guys because of your record. Right. But, you know, that would allow a fairly seamless transition if you can add a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance. Exactly. And I think, you know, maybe there's something to what's going on uh, in Dallas uh, to, to, to make that move or, or, or be in place without actually, again, losing the football games. Huh. I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, sign and trade Dak Prescott to somebody. But. <laughs> But we saw you can't, What you know, I, I mean, he's already on the roster. So, no, I guess you absolutely could. So you could franchise Dak, and then you trade Dak and the whatever pick they have, right now the nine pick. Is that, like, if if you make, oh, God, this is going to be so weird. We'll be interested in that. If, if you make a call to, like, Atlanta at one or Minnesota at three, f- you get Dak and the nine pick for your first round pick. What do they say? Minnesota actually is probably more convincing than Atlanta um, just because of the style of offense. And, okay, we got a franchise tag. Heavy, heavy price for one year, but you definitely understand where you're going in the next couple. Well, exactly right. And and also, Dak is from – okay, Dak is from Louisiana. How do we feel about Dak Dak taking over for Drew Brees? I could actually see that storyline written pretty well, and I think he'd he'd be a pretty, uh, pretty successful quarterback there too. By the way, I'm just now learning Dakota, not even his real first name. Dakota, his middle name. His name is Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, Dakota Prescott. Yeah, he wasn't going by Rain, that's for sure. That's, Dakota yeah. was a stretch, so I can see why Dak is, is left. Yeah, no, I think he made the right decision when it was all said and done. All right, that is, uh, that's it for this episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Howardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later this week.